Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. His eyes glazed over completely. Hmm. He was talking to me a bit through the interpreter. And then, yeah, like I said, he just stopped talking. But I still heard a voice. But his mouth wasn't moving. Yeah, it was, it was definitely the strangest thing that's ever happened to me. It's mind-blowing. Hello and welcome to Weird Tales of the Unexplainable. My name's Beef. With me I've got my good friend Bob Shoy. Hello. And Adam Tissington. Hello. So, uh, I just want to say a really brief thank you to everyone who's downloaded in the last week. We've been kind of overwhelmed with the response, and I know Bob, you want to talk briefly about about that now. But um, it's just been it's been awesome, right? That's kind of pretty much what I was going to say. Like I've had so many people contact me um, on the email, and um, especially on Reddit, we've had a great response from everyone, and um, we just had some great stories, and like way more than I was expecting when I said I want to share people's stories on here, because I thought originally maybe a couple of spooky stories and then I can put them on Ghost Story of the Week yeah. at the end of the shows and that'll be good. But we had so many to the point where I now I'm like thinking of structuring some whole shows about some of the tales we've had and maybe trying to get some people to Skype in and tell their stories themselves. So just, yeah, huge thank you to everyone who got in contact with us on, through any of these um, sources. And if you do have your own story... Um, Email address is unexplainableuk at mail dot com, and um, I know I said we've got loads, but we can always have more. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's it's really cool to know because we thought we were just three weird guys who just wanted <laughs> to sit and talk about crazy stories. Yeah, so it's, it's not cool. it's not even like we're heavily involved in the um, like supernatural world or the paranormal world or anything. We just no. we just heard a couple of stories and thought, that's really... Uh, we had a thing for these like weird tales. So we thought, well, let's just start a show where we talk about weird stories. So everything's going to be new to us. Yeah. Yeah, we... Uh, I know Bob mentioned last week about the kind of stuff we're going to go over. But we don't really have one particular focus we're going to try and look at all manners of, of different things so last week you guys that downloaded would have heard bob talking about the paranormal and some of the stories including the overton bridge which was one of my favorites i think last week was really like a lot of those stories are very renowned like if you've ever searched for weird tales on google or anything it's all the same ones that would come up again and again so i thought you know, this episode one, let's get a couple of the more renowned stories out of the way and like, throw in our 
two cents on them. So yeah. that was pretty good to just cover some. You know, there were in episode one. There's probably nothing that a lot of you haven't heard before. But mm. from now on, we're going to cover some more <laughs> in-depth stuff. Hopefully, hopefully. What, what did you think, Tess? What was your what was like a, uh, a key point from last week? What did you enjoy about last week? Um. The man from Tauren freaked me out. Tauren. Tauren. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then your guy. The your, man from the Pootie. That's it, the man from the Pootie. Yeah. I wish we named the episode after, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much my favourite. What? So, like, obviously, spoiler free, give us a brief summary of what you're going to be looking at in the future when you host. Uh, well, next episode will be about number stations, and we're going to branch it out to all manners of broadcasts, freaky broadcasts that people have picked up. Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. So number stations and weird broadcasts. That's really cool. Unexplainable things. And the the point is, there's three of us, so we're going to sort of rotate who leads the show each week. So obviously I did last week, and Beef's on this week, you got Tiss next week. Mm-hmm. And then back to me. So we sort of got, you know, a little while to get each of our shows sort of set up. And uh, hopefully all that <laughs> works out and um, people yeah. keep listening. Well, it's going to hit someone. Like, with us covering such different things, it's going to hit someone out there. That's it, isn't it? Someone might type, if we're doing an episode about, you know, ghost sightings, someone might type into iTunes, ghost sightings. Mm. Our podcast comes up because it's the name of the episode. Mm. And they're like, listen to our episodes, and you know, the, the following could even expand beyond what it is now, which is <laughs> already more than we thought we'd get. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we might end up on like the Jimmy Fallon show or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. If we keep getting new lovely people from America downloading. That's it. Big hit in America. Most of our downloads in America, I wasn't yeah. expecting. People love British people. They love our charming accents. <laughs> Um, okay, so if it's alright with you guys, I'm just going to go straight into it. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to show a bit about myself, just for a minute or so. So I know, um, Bob, last week you mentioned uh, I'm Christian, and you guys are atheists, and that's that's cool, because it adds different... That was on the Reddit, we talked about that. Was it on the Reddit? On the last podcast, you said um, that you were, you, you were a Christian, and you had been for many years, mm. um, and then I had a discussion with people on the... Reddit as well. Um, okay. Just to say it's like different viewpoints coming to the show. It's coming from different places. Mm. But yeah. And I think that's healthy for the podcast as well because it, it like, it's good to have open mind about this sort of stuff. But um, I grew up in a Christian home and then, uh, I don't know, my parents kind of just let me, when I was a teenager, just kind of, they left me to figure out for myself whether I wanted to carry on being a part of church or, you know, what I wanted to do, really. Um, and so when I was 17, I just, yeah, just decided it was something I really wanted to be a part of and it was something I believed in. Um, so one thing I just want to do quickly before I go on to some stories is I've got a book with me because we talk about belief. Okay. And there's just a few things in this book. So... Studying theology at the minute. That looks really well-worn. Yeah, it's, it's from the <laughs> 70s, so it's uh, the pages look like they've been dipped in coffee. Um, <coughs> but it's by a, a, a bloke called William Barclay, and it's about 
the Apostles' Creed. So this is all about um, the creeds were written by the Apostles or very close friends and associates of the Apostles. And it's basically just explaining the the crucial elements of the Christian faith and how they came to be. And like, basically, they sat down and said, "Okay, if we're going to be going around the world telling people about this, we should make sure our stories match. Otherwise, it's not going to be it's not going to be good." So I just wanted to look at this. Is nothing really to do with Christianity at all. I just this guy makes some some points about what belief is and what we mean when we say we believe something. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was quite interesting. I yeah, wanted okay. to get your guys like viewpoint on it. So I think he gives seven points as to where belief comes from, why why we believe. So number one, he says that belief can come from experiment and demonstration. So if, for example, you get two counters and you get another two and you put them together, you can prove that they make four. So your belief can come yeah, from okay. that demonstration. Um, number two, belief can come from a process of reasoning. So this is, again, this is logic and so it's like maths and science mm-hmm. and um, all that stuff, really. And just that, so he talks about um, the square root of the hypotenuse. All of this stuff can be proven. It's all logic. Yeah. Stuff that's like you can do A to Z and work through it. Number three, belief can come from the acceptance of authority. So he says, we do, in fact, in every sphere of life, daily accept things on the authority of those whom we trust. So it starts with your parents. You trust your parents because you believe what they say, and it's like built into your system. When you're a kid, you think your parents know everything. Yeah, yeah, and you believe in everything they say. And so that's why when you discover your parent. Like even if it's not a big lie, you find out that they <laughs> lie to you about something. Right. You like you're like oh you like you you put all your trust in, in what they say. Uh, where's number four? Number four. Belief comes from the evidence of people whom we can trust. So um, he talks. He, what he means is he's talking. He says I cannot prove that the Battle of Hastings was fought in AD 1066, but I accept the evidence of historians. Right. Okay. So we do that all the time. Yeah. With these stories, we have to accept it's not just some. Um, like some person just sat in a room on their own typing away and making up stories we have to believe that they come from personal experience yeah that's that's the idea we want to that's kind of what comes into the show as well like if anyone wants to tell us their stories I'm not going to judge that person if I don't believe in their story personally I'm mm. not going to attack them because they're just laying their point so I'm going to take mm. what they say not as fact no, <laughs> although, but um, just open-minded. Yeah, just in an open-minded fashion. And this is this leads on to number five really nicely. It says this leads directly to a very closely related source of belief, in that he it can come from seeing the effects of something. So you you see the effect of electricity. Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm talking to people from around the world now is because of electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you have to you just accept that because you can see the effect of it. Uh, number six. Oh, sorry, there are six points, not seven. Um, oh, ruined it. Oh, no. Um, so, uh, lastly, belief may come from experience. So we talked about this a lot last week, and we've just mentioned it right now, in that you might say something, and I might believe you a bit more because you're a mate, mm-hmm. but ultimately I have to trust your experience. Yeah. I can't, if you say you saw a ghost, I don't know, I wasn't there. I wasn't there when you yeah. saw it, like... Some of these stories we listened to last week, I laid in bed that night thinking about them, thinking, they, they're mental, like, how did those people <laughs> come up with those stories? But you've got to just believe, because you, like, you weren't there, and it's like, it's hard to, 
you know, it's hard to understand. You can never believe something as much as the person who experienced it themselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just, I just thought, I don't know. Would you, would you guys, do, would you guys agree with with those points? Would you think that's like? There's none that I don't agree with. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I do agree with them in a theoretical sense. Yeah, it's like yeah. the reasons that people believe in certain things. Yeah, yeah and the yeah, list yeah. of the reasons why. Mm. And yeah, there's none of them I don't agree with. But the thing was like a paradox for me is uh, one of my beliefs is that uh, reality we don't perceive reality as it is. Right. So one of the belief things was um, um, we believe things because they is it because they have we see them. Yeah, like you see the effect of it. So that was kind of the paradox for me because one of my beliefs is the effect of seeing things isn't what's actually happening. Right. Does that make sense? I, I do get what you mean. Do you think we're in a simulated world? No. Are we in the Matrix? I did read no. there's a really popular theory, which is basically the Matrix. I was going to talk about it on another show, where they, people don't believe that this world is what it is. We're in a, a fabricated world. Mm. There was so much hype after the Matrix, wasn't there? So many people <laughs> getting... And just because it came out in 99, so it came out just before the millennium, people <laughs> getting freaking out. So they thought that they were going to wake up and, yeah. Well, if anyone's interested, the uh, one of the sort of uh, key speakers of uh, one of those beliefs is Donald Hoffman. He does right. TED Talks about oh, yeah. perceiving reality as it is. So that's quite interesting. Do you know what? If you um, send me a link to that TED Talk, I'll put it on the blog. Cool. Mm. Good time to drop it in. Every episode is going to have... Um, we have a companion blog. So anything we talk about on the episode, I'll put pictures and links and stuff on that. I did it for episode one. And that's at weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.blogspot.com. If you go on there, it's, I'll put there's links and stuff. Like the show we talked about last week, I put links and pictures and stuff that we talked about. I'll do the same this week. I think in the future, not this week. So this week, and I, I'm going to cover um, my trip to Mozambique and some of the stuff I experienced there. Um, but in the future, I'll have probably quite a lot of videos of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'll, what I'll do is I'll show you guys the videos before we pod, and then we'll put it up for our, for the listeners like the next day or, something, or whenever you edit it. But um, I just I thought that was interesting, and actually for me, it's helpful for me to tell you guys where belief comes from, and particularly where my belief comes from, mm -hmm. and where it settles, so you can kind of understand where I'm coming from the stories I tell you. Yeah. Um, and one one thing which like I want to debunk right now is that um, Christianity and most Christians aren't are logical thinkers. They're not mm -hmm. reasonable people that think of things in with reason in their heads. And that's exactly why I'm studying theology. Because I want to be able to understand what I believe and exactly why I believe it. But um, and this this guy makes a good point as well that if if as Christians we are not intellectual, then we lose. All credibility. Mm -hmm. um, you just write off that whole person's opinions, yeah, on like one fact about themselves, which uh, that's lazy. Yeah, but theology changes all the time. So forty years ago, it was just it was just believed that the Earth was only five thousand years old, mm -hmm. and then science went, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like millions and millions <laughs> and millions of years old, um, and just stuff like that. So. It, yeah, it changes all the time, and that's that's why I find it interesting. But I'm going to crack on. Having said that, I've got some weird stories. Now he's going to just <laughs> knock us over the head and the tail that's going to yeah. make our belt fly off. So, 
So, um, is that even an expression? It is now. Um, so, I was in Mozambique in 2007 and I went there to, like, they've got an orphanage there. And so, basically, this couple went out there just to set up this orphanage. They just heard that it was one of the poorest countries in the world and particularly in Africa. Um, so they went out and just started going out into all the villages and all the towns and offering like medical aid and food and trying to set up businesses and get people to like basically recreate their lives so that they were reliant on themselves rather than just living in despair and hopelessness. So I went there um, and just kind of a part of it was was like a school. So it's like a Bible type school, but some of it, it was going out into these villages and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to start by talking a bit about, I'm going to talk a bit about witch doctors to begin with. Obviously. Right. <laughs> Just drop that in there. <laughs> um, now, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give you guys the decision. Would you like me to talk about witch doctors first mm-hmm. and then share the story which got you hooked a couple of weeks ago or would you like me to leave that until towards the end of the pod no Kraken get the story in there now so um, I read about witch doctors last night and I was amazed at the stats I couldn't believe how how many there are Mm -hmm. Um, I I looked a little bit myself and you know what I I typed it in because I knew we were going to talk about it and then as soon as I started looking I was like I'm going to stop myself because I'm going to (laughs) let Beef do this and I want to hear what he's got to say well, um, I read on um, several web- websites, and I know this from being over there that they've got they've got there's about seventy thousand witch doctors in Mozambique. About that, and that number grows every year, mm-hmm. compared to just fifteen hundred like, professional doctors. Do the people that live there just outright believe in like the powers the witch doctors have? Yeah, um, actually, that's helpful for me to tell you about that. So. Although, so let's take um, Britain, for example, it's quite a mixed, it's a very, very mixed uh, multicultural mm. place. So there's lots of, lots of Christians, lots of atheists, lots of Muslims, Hindus, very multicultural. Um, in Mozambique, everyone believes in God yeah. because they know and they've seen like dark, quote unquote, evil stuff. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if there's evil, there must be good. So they all believe in God, but they all have witch doctors around them. So would you say that their belief in Mozambique is primarily based from fear? Because um, I talked to some Christians and they, they, they come from a place in which it's like fear leads them to Christianity. And some, it's not so much, it's more a lighter reason. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think um, Mozambique is predominantly Muslim. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the same. They believe in in a god, um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think they they from living in the villages, and also from living in fear of just of starving to death and not having it. Like they do, turn, they probably do turn to Christianity or some form of religion. Um, but witch doctors, I didn't know this. I thought anyone could just like become a witch doctor, see the job advert. And no, you're go thinking I must stay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, but it turns out it's it's through your family, so it's like a, a tradition. So I suppose it is a bit like a long, like you might have, like your dad does the same profession as you. Like yeah. it's passed down, it's a bit like <laughs> it's that. A little bit different, but, yeah. a little bit, but um, <laughs> it's it's the same kind of thing. Slightly, 
Do they tell them their secrets and tell their son? Can only men be witch doctors? Um, yes, you do have women, but they're not called witch doctors. So you get right, witch okay. doctors, and then you get like you can get sorceresses, and okay. things like that. Wow, they use the sorceress. They well, they use all sorts of names to describe who they are and what they do. So some um, some witch doctors and what they do, all of them bring some kind of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of it could just be herbal. So you could go to your witch doctor and he would say, oh, you've got a cold. Take some chai tea. Neurofen. <laughs> Take some my boot from there. Um, <laughs> but some people go and they've got AIDS or they've got some horrendous... A lot of people obviously go and they've got some horrendous disease or maybe they've got some generational thing or they believe they've been cursed. And witch doctors have all, all sorts of different things which they can prescribe to people. So when I was out there, um, this one witch doctor who I got to know um, was telling me through an interpreter that he made some children drink pig's blood to try and rid them of their disease. And they obviously died. How do you feel about being a vegan dish? Yeah, does that make you upset? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Having said that, Children drinking pig blood makes me upset as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, they can literally anything. They can they can prescribe anything, and some of them have theories for why it works. And some people just they just go around oh, and just eat a goat's heart and see what happens. But they can get is some of it gets quite quite dark. And right. I'm going to come into that in another episode. But I met this one guy, um, and they what they actually do is a lot of the time they get into trances. And they call upon evil spirits to get their powers. Because some of their healing just comes through like them touching you or something. Mm-hmm. And they, they get into a trance-like state and call upon evil powers. Or they, they ask demons to come and possess them, basically. But so to they do good. Power. Yeah, essentially, to, to heal people. So they call on bad forces to do good things. Yeah. But but that that's the thing. It's it's the fact that these these people don't normally they don't they don't really get well. Right. Okay. So they don't, it doesn't it doesn't really have lasting effects. Like whereas you might get over a disease by having treatment. Mm-hmm. That the stuff they give to people they prescribe isn't good for you. It's not like right, okay. it's not and the herbs they give don't have. There's no proof. So all it does is so it's not really. Sometimes it works and sometimes people do get healed. But not a lot of the time. So um, obviously, even if even if you're not a Christian, you'll know that a, so a lot of the stuff that Jesus did was by casting out demons. Most people know that. Yeah, I didn't. Did you, did <laughs> I didn't you know that. No. Oh, you do know. Can I just say, is the witch doctor thing is that similar to shamanism? It is shamanism. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had um, I had a tab on sham- shamanism, but um, it's it's pretty much exactly. It's exactly what I've been talking about. So shamans, they um, they they they're the ones that get into a trance-like state. Yeah. Um, so you get witch doctors that might not. Go I've heard of shamanism deep. in like North America. I oh, know, sorry, South America. Yeah, they do it more in of a, Brazil. Kind of, um, they use uh, like LSD type drugs. Yeah. Like mushrooms, psilocybin. Stuff like that. There's witch doctors. There's witch doctors in Europe. I didn't realise till yesterday. There's, they have them in Europe. When you see a witch doctor in Mozambique, mm. it, does he look like what I think he's going to look like? Like he's got a big mask on. 
Yeah, they really? do. Oh, wow. They Crash do. Bandicoot. Yeah, yeah, honestly, they do. They've got, yeah, they have like wooden masks or like they make them out of clay or something. And they usually have feathers on them or oh, wow, just like crazy exactly. decorations. But it's not like they're, they're really scary. They're really horrible to look at. Yeah, that. I'd um, love to see that. So I'll just read this out. So shamanism is a religious practice that involves a practitioner reaching altered states of consciousness in order to perceive and interact with a spirit world and channel these transcendent energies into this world. So they use that and they try and channel that energy, that spirit energy, into this world to try and heal someone or... That's like what you were talking about to me, Tess, um, before the podcast a few days ago. You said about people using... Like you just said, drugs to make people mm. enter another plane of existence. Yeah, yeah, lots of um, lots of interesting stuff about DMT. There's a uh, like in Mexico, there's a doctor that uses DMT. Uh, it's not DMT. It's DMT um, something. It's DMT five O from a toad, and that rids people of their drug addiction. And he believes when you're saying like it actually does. It makes people see the world as it really is. Oh, no, that's that's what you're talking to me about. Oh, um, that's more about like mushrooms and DMT. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, kind of. Not seeing the world as it really is, but, um, yeah, it's hard to explain. We'll come to it on another episode. (laughs) Definitely on another episode. Okay. So, um, so I was talking to this witch doctor and so, so like I say, Jesus went about casting demons out of people, Mm -hmm. just like take like, yeah, removing them from people's bodies. So the way I look at it is if if you take something like The Exorcist, if it was based on biblical scripture, the film would be over in like five minutes. Right. Because the the Bible states and Christians believe that the the power that's in Jesus is greater than the power that's in like demons or the devil or whatever. So um, I saw him to this witch doctor, and as I was talking to him, his eyes just went white. Right. He lost all, like, he, he had brown eyes, and his eyes just, they lost all pigment. There was nothing in them. All I could see was just white. Was just you, you in a hut with him? No, no, no. He came out because he was a bit, he was like, who are these Westerners that have turned up in my village? Because the, the, the witch doctors are considered, they're, they're powerful, so they're considered to be, like, not the king, but they're they're almost like their own government and like their own a huge like, yeah, and people so. fear them, yeah. So they they came out and they this guy just started talking to me. His eyes glazed over completely. Hmm. He was talking to me a bit through the interpreter, and then yeah, like I say, he just stopped talking. But I still heard a voice, but he, his mouth wasn't moving, so he was just looking straight at me with white just white eyes, mm-hmm. and he said, "Whose name do you bring?" In English, so the interpreter wasn't bringing anything. I could just hear this voice, whose name do you bring? And I could see, like, the outline of a face in his torso. Right. But just, like, really faint, just, like, two eyes and a nose in him. And I don't know why. It was really strange, but... And and obviously, because it was such an unusual situation, I didn't really have any kind of response. So I just said, Jesus. And as I said that, the colour came back into his eyes. And this thing went away. It was like, it was a bit like um, his chest. I watched it kind of grow outward and there was like a face. 
Right. It was really, really, it really freaked me out. Did you, when this happened, obviously, I'm like, what the fuck right now? But yeah, um, yeah. are you terrified in that moment or are you calm? Um, at first, when I realised what was happening, um, I, it was a bit scary. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know, I guess because I, I knew, I knew what he did, I knew what he, like, calls on. I know that he asks demons to come, like, you know. Like we just read. Did anyone give you a warning of what to expect before you got there? Did they say, like, bear in mind these guys do some weird shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a few days before, they, they sat us all down and said, when they go into the villages, they know we're coming. They know we're Christians. And, oh, by the way, witch doctors outside of the orphanage every day would throw black mamba snakes over the wall of the compound to just kill everyone. Kids, everyone. So they had they had people employed at the compound every, that would go around every day with a spear and just kill all the snakes that they saw. There was one day I was sat on a bench in the compound and I saw one go past. And I know it's a black man because they, they go along with their heads up in the air. Yeah. And they've got like a diamond shaped head. So they, they yeah, they, they yeah, they, they were they're out to kill you. So these guys are bad? Yeah. But they were here. Yeah, but they're kind of more in it for the for the power, right? And, okay. Um, you know, like well, it's it's kind of like Hollywood portrays. Like they always portray that demons have power. Yeah. And the Bible says that the Bible says that they have power. Is it like the classical thing um, you get in a lot of stories and films and stuff like that, where it's like the easy choice is dark, and you can get big power easily. The, the better choice mm. is the light side. That, that is harder work, but in the end will overpower, but you've got to be more dedicated. Yeah. And they're going for the easy of. route, like big power straight away. Yeah. So that's, um, I know you, you mentioned about the occult last week, but when we come to talk about it, like, I believe there's, there's power in that. And you, I, I hear, I've heard hundreds of stories of people that, I know this sounds really weird, but they ask, they invite demons to come and be a part of their lives. Right. And they feel powerful from it. Is that like Satanism? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, okay. There's there's some really, I will come back to it um, in a few weeks, but it's really, it's quite crazy stuff. Yeah. This one particular man, um, yeah, so he asked, well, what name do you bring? And I said, Jesus. And he just, it was like he came back into his body. But he, he then said something to the interpreter, um, and the interpreter was talking for a while, thinking, what's going on? And by this time, a little bit of a crowd had gathered, because he's the witch doctor, and everyone mm. in the village knows who he is. And they're just looking at me, and I'm thinking, I've been here like two days, and this is, this is mental. He then, the interpreter said to me, he said, he wants to believe what you believe. He said that, he, he said that the, the demon has left him, and he wants to know what you have because it's caused his demon to go and he knows he hasn't got his powers anymore. Okay. (laughs) How do you respond? I want to see you respond in real time. I want to see that. It's really hard to explain and that's why I shared these these things on belief because that's my experience. And I like to think I'm a fairly logical thinker. Mm. I know the idea is that... If you see something firsthand, it's hard to shake your feeling towards it. I can still picture his face and I can still picture his chest. It was like a horror film where you see someone's body deform. Mm. I could see his chest. It's probably like an inch. It wasn't loads, Mm. but it was still there. And it was, 
I had like a, few, a couple of seconds of feeling really heavy and just feeling like the atmosphere was really like heavy is the only way I, I could describe it. And then nothing. How do you think you respond in a situation like that, Tess? Um, it's kind of hard to... Because um, I genuinely just think I would faint. I couldn't deal. I could not deal with that. I don't know. I do like freaky things, though. I do I do like things that are over the top. I don't know if that's just me in a controlled environment. I like things over the top because mm. I've never really, do you know what I mean, had it. But I... Um, I like to think I can deal with that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Intense, really intense things like that. Yeah, I just, I can't handle I don't know. I've never On the be- flip side, ghosts and stuff scare the crap out of me. Yeah. I've never been in an experience, I don't think, which is that extreme, that heavy. Hmm. So I don't think I would, not, like, in to do with anything, to do with ghosts, to do with anything like that. Hmm. I um, So I honestly don't know how to respond. Like, thinking now, I'm like, I don't think I'll be able to handle it. Yeah. I don't know. My response thinking now is, like I say, I think I was just faint because I'd be like, what's going on? But I don't know. I'm in that situation. I might be able to take control. Yeah, yeah. And um, just like, don't know, act normal mm. or act accordingly. Yeah. It's crazy. Did the witch doctor have a name? He didn't tell me his name. Oh, I wish he had a cool name. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely the strangest thing that's ever happened to me. Um... But I can't, and that's why when I see these films that come out about demon possession, mm-hmm. in my head I'm thinking it doesn't doesn't happen like that because like I, yeah. But to give you um, an example, so Matthew eight talks about Jesus casting out demons, and he actually sent the demons into a herd of pigs, and then the pigs like ran off the edge of a cliff. Right. Um, so everything I mention, all the stories I mention, is I, stuff that Jesus himself is. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's the, yeah, there was the... The pig bridge. Yeah. <laughs> but what 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 do you guys, what do you guys think to that? What's like your... Uh, like, I don't know how to react to that. Like I say, I just tried to imagine myself in that situation. And even just hearing it, I like, I don't know how to react to it. Because it's so crazy. It's so, like nothing I can compare. Like, I can't be like, oh, it's a bit like that experience I had. No, I can't compare that to anything. Yeah. Uh... The only thing I can think is if if I had that situation in England, I'd be freaked out in my own sort of comfort zone. Yeah. Going to a country which is poor and impoverished and you're kind of watching your back would only add mm. to the anxiety you'd feel. I can't, yeah. So how long were you there after that experience? How long were you in Mozambique after that? Um, so I was in Mozambique for two months and that was the first week of me being there so I was there for another seven weeks <laughs> wow. after so after that were you like I can't handle this or were you like feeling Mr Big Shot because you shut down <laughs> the witch doctor um <laughs> no not really I wasn't I kind of this is what I mean because it's what I believe and it's because yeah. it's what I read this stuff all the time I, like there are countless stories of Jesus casting out demons so I and the bible tells us that the same power that was in Jesus is in those that basically believe in him so, so do you feel like that gave you a certain amount of confidence? Yeah, yeah, I guess in so. That place. Um, but it, yeah, it, it felt, although strange stuff was happening every day, it felt like a really safe place. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know that sounds odd, 
But um, I guess the first week I was a bit, it was a bit like, right, that was really bizarre. Well, if on day two you're shutting down witch doctor <laughs> and you're like, I can't come at me, what else you got? Well, it was like, and that's why I haven't told you guys about this and I don't really tell people because in my head, I, I noticed or I saw it happen, I witnessed it, I was a part of it, but telling people. It's hard to get anyone to understand or believe anything if they haven't even to see it with their own eyes, mm. it's so hard. Um, it just blows my mind. I, I think of you in, in like, um, I can't even that. I think of you witnessing that and uh, it doesn't even compute with me. It's so crazy a situation to be in. I can't even consider it. Mm. Mm. Um, no, I get that. It's mind blowing. Is that when I, when I shared the first, so for the listeners, I shared the first, very small part of that story a few weeks ago when we started discussing the ideas for this pod. Did you imagine the end to be... (laughs) (laughs) He left us on a cliffhanger. Basically, we were going to start the pod and he's suggesting being the third member. And that was like his audition. (laughs) He was like, how about this story? But he ended on the point where he said he heard a voice, but he didn't tell us where the voice was coming from. And um, I had no idea where the voice is coming from. I thought maybe it felt like it was coming from above. It felt like something like that. You said he's hearing it within his own head, is what Tiss said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were convinced of that. So I guess... Where, where, we were where did from? the voice come from, then? The, the chest, right? The face. No, but did the interpreter hear it? Well, he looked at me as if like, he had a blank expression on his face because he... Don't don't forget these guys see stuff like this all the time. They're used yeah, to seeing yeah. this this stuff. But he looked at me and then afterwards he said, "I didn't did it talk to you because I I didn't hear it. It wasn't speaking. They they speak Makul, which is like a really really close dialect. There's only a few villages that speak it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he said I didn't I didn't understand what he was saying. And he didn't talk to you for very long. And I said no, and he asked me more question. And he said okay. That's weird as well, how like, it was, you understood the question. Yeah, it spoke to me, like it, was it was an English. English question, and he was, it, it wasn't like a blank expression, like, it, it wasn't, to him, it wasn't saying anything, it was a blank expression, like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. So he was looking at me as if, like, pausing your call now, mate, you need to... Step up. So that touches on a little bit of telekinesis, really, not? Tiny bit. How telekinesis? Because, <laughs> uh, he'd be talking uh, in your head, right? You want to think telekinesis? Because is... if the interpreter didn't hear it, then it could only have been in Beef's head. Telekinesis is moving stuff of your mind, isn't it? Well, it was, I it... thought telekinesis was anything to do with communication oh. between two minds. Oh, really? That's what I thought. Yeah, that's yeah, tele- yeah, yeah. Te- oh no, telepathy. That's telepathy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Telepathy. Telekinesis is moving stuff of your mind. Yeah, that's why I was like, how is that telekinesis? Telepathy. Yeah. yeah that's okay. It, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess so because it was so crazy. I didn't. I suppose I didn't stop and turn to the interpreter and say, "Can you hear us?" Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really stop to. But he afterwards he said to me, he said it didn't talk to you for very long, did it? But so I, I don't know whether he didn't hear anything or whether he heard it but didn't understand what. Did he like, see he it? Was saying. He saw it. Right? He saw it. All right. Okay. So. I said to him afterwards. I said it was like forty degrees. So I started thinking all the logical stuff. So I turned yeah. to him. I said, "It's really. I was like, it's really hot. I'm going to go and sit in the shade." And he came with me. Um, and I was like, did you, and he said, yeah, 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 that's, that's, he said, that's just part of life, that's, we see stuff like that all the time. So they were, he was completely unfazed by stuff like that, they don't, 
Which makes it freakier for me if that's just normal. They yeah. see normal stuff like that all the time. Man, I sort of love it and hate it. Like, I'd love to experience that, to have something happen to me which is so... Intense. Yeah, that intense, just for that experience. But Definitely. at the same time, I'm like, I don't want that. I would love that. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, really relish it. Definitely. That's the most intense. I, I've witnessed other... Um, ever stuff like that but not as intense did you come across other witch doctors like when you were there and talked to any of the witch doctors I spoke to a couple um, but not I mean we would go out into the village there'd be like 40 of us because there'd be actual doctors that go out and minister like emergency care then there'd be loads of people cooking um, and then like people that would then stay in the villages for a few weeks and teach them how to like take care of themselves so there's loads of people there, so there wasn't really much of an opportunity to talk to to everyone. Mm-hmm. So I, I mostly spent time talking to the villagers, and I'd go with one of the interpreters and just, just talk to them. And just try and, I don't know, just try and connect with them. What do you do in that situation? Yeah. Like, you're, trying to, you're trying to prepare yourself for being with people who have nothing. So in my head I was like, I'm going to take my watch off. I'm not taking any kind of, like, no phone. I'm not. Like, it's just, it's bad enough that I'm overweight. I like that you're like, step one, let's get this watch off. Yeah. No, but it's, <laughs> it's stuff like that. So yeah, then, yeah, yeah. you're wearing a watch, you are, you're among the world's richest people. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I went to all the logical stuff. I think it's really hot. I, it's probably just my head just messing with me. But he told me he could see it as well. Can I ask you a weird question about witch doctors? And this sounds kind of like I'm joking, but mm-hmm. I kind of am asking it seriously. Around these places, do you ever get any sort of like <laughs> young witch doctors who sort of show by a little bit? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, check this, pow! <laughs> but you, they do. Um, they well, they all like really respectful and serious. Some of them are. Um, I guess you, like you said they want to. They want the fear. They want to. Yeah, some of them are, and some of them do really like ride on the back of that fear, and they do use it a lot. Um, some of them use magic, but not. Not like David Blaine. No, uh, no, 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 not not magic as we know. It's like a street magician. Mm. They use what I suppose we would call black magic mm-hmm. um, and divination and stuff. But some are just. I met some and they they just they're just normal guys. And some of them are just like I say. They just use herbal herbal remedies. Yeah. But okay, so some of them are like black magic and are making fucking a face for them, and some of them are just like rubbing some herbs together and be like, this will get rid of your headache. But are they yeah. both considered the same profession? Because if I was one of these like curvy ones, I'd be like, <laughs> he's giving me a bad name. They kind of, um, they kind of all believe the same thing, but they, um, I don't know. I guess it depends on what they want to do with it. I, I, they all believe in it, um, and I, I think it's a case of like, they work their way up to because there, there's some villages where there's two or three or four witch doctors, mm-hmm. and they have the one who's like the most powerful. So they see each other as rivals? Um, no, they see it as, like, I hate to use this reference, but they see it as, like, Padawan learners and <laughs> ultimate, like, Jedi masters. I feel like we've been recording for just over 40 minutes, and I can't believe that we've skirted so much <laughs> on the edge of Star Wars, and none of us have actually said it out loud. As soon as you said, uh, it's easier to go dark than it is to light, I was just like, are you talking about Jedis and Siths, really? I didn't, I didn't want to say it. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking it straight away. I was, I looking, at, I was looking at you, I was trying to catch your eye and just be like, 
<laughs> really? Everyone listening was thinking <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. But I had to, but that's, the only, that's the only reference I Every Star Wars of. game is easier to be a Sith. Than Any it. game? It's easier to be bad. Yeah, I guess. I guess in real life it's easier to be bad. Yeah. Selfishness is much easier than selflessness, isn't it? Do you try and stay on the light side? Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's not even trying something like, yeah. It just naturally comes to you. Yeah. I think that's what it's like for most people, though. Mm. Compassion is something that just is part of you. Not, I don't have to try to be compassionate. It's just, I have to be compassionate. Like some, you know, like a situation where, like, you want to share something. It's not like, oh, like I don't want to share this, but mm. I will because it will look good. Like in your nature, you're just like, yeah, of course, like, yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. it's like second it's nature. Part of your, yeah. so it's like it's a part of your DNA. Yeah, yeah. For people to be moral, for you to yeah. have morals. Hmm. Do you think some people are just bad then? I, they I make don't bad decisions it, intentionally. I think it's um, hmm. to do with not bad and good so much. There's not, I don't think it's bad and good. I think that is like a real simplification of what the spectrum is. Some people um, continually make the the bad decision though we are like why do they just always do that why do they keep making those choices yeah. when you understand like uh, the the science of like psychopathy and stuff like that you start to realise that good and bad aren't really like choices sometimes sometimes mm. you just you aren't empathetic you, yeah. some people just aren't empathetic and that's just like that's not their fault but they're also dangerous to society, so where do you draw the line? Yeah. You know, even though it's not their fault, it's kind of like in the world we live in, they have to take responsibility. So is there, um, when people are like that, is there a spiritual explanation for that? People say like they have more bad in them spiritually. Um, or do you think everyone has just like their own choices? Yeah. Are, every, they, swayed, are they swayed by other forces that aren't their own? Yeah, a lot of a lot of the Bible is like you're reading stories of so um Moses was a murderer. Yeah. Um like he murdered they like basically just got really fed up with being told what to do and like he saw I think it um I don't know the story off by heart, but I think he saw um one of the officers like attacking one of the slaves that was doing all this work for the Pharaoh and so got really angry and killed him. But then God then used him and still used him to do everything he did. So I think the idea is that, like you're saying, this, everyone's got the capacity to make good choices in their lives, and some people just choose to make the wrong decisions. But I, I don't know. I guess there's a spiritual element. Some of it is just I don't know if there's any science in this. I really don't. I said this. I said this last week as well. But mm. I re- I believe that morality is built into every single person, and you can choose to ignore that or not. It just seems to me like some people can't be helped. They it's do like they will that. make the bad decision every time. And not even like the bad decision, like, oh, he's unlucky. Like, hmm. not an evil decision, but you know what I mean? Like, hmm. constantly making a bad decision for everyone else that will affect other people. Like, they don't see anything in it. Yeah. Well, there's, um, obviously, I'll keep all this anonymous, but we know of someone who... Um, he's just got sent to prison for a couple of years and um, my wife's known him for a long time 
And I said to her, I was like, what? Like, you've known him for years. Was he, what, did he just, like, fall into the wrong crowd? And she went, no, he was the wrong crowd. Yeah. He ended up in prison because of the stupid decisions he's made. And it's, it just got me thinking, because you do, you read stuff all the time, and, like, we, me and Rachel were watching this show about the Met, so like, the Metropolitan Police Force in London, um, and the amount of people on there that have got involved in murders and they're like whilst they're being interviewed they're just crying because they're like i i can't believe this has now become a part of my life mm. but um yeah i i don't know it's it's deep in it mm. um going back to mozambique yeah uh, you say that the witch doctors are roaming around doing their juju mm. Voodoo Mama Juju. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Did you, you say some of them practice like black magic, what would be described as black magic. Mm. Do you witness any examples of like black magic? Um, or like people, or hear of any stories there involving black magic that you're just like, wow. There were, there were people who were in the compound who used to be witch doctors, but then became Christians and then started working for this orphanage. Right. And there's a guy there who told me a couple of stories about, but he had quite broken English. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't really gather exactly what he was saying, but he told me he used to use magic, um, not just to heal people, but to try and influence them to do things. Right. Um, and so he would try and use divination to try and like control them. But yeah, like I say, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to get specifics because yeah, his English wasn't great. Mm. But not not much, really. So I'll ask you one question, and then I've got two more stories I want to share, and then we'll, we'll wrap up with uh, Ghost Story of the Week. Okay. So my question is, because I, I felt like I was just talking for a long time, that, that whole witch doctor thing was a long time. Mm-hmm. Did you guys but this is, it? I feel like it has to be a long time, because this is a major... Um, event within your life there's no way to gloss over something one of the most significant events in your life mm. there's no way to gloss over it in five seconds yeah. you as, have to um, get meteor into that as listeners did you find it boring to listen to no I found it yeah. intriguing I don't know if that's more because I know you so I'm like tell like, obviously you want to know like people you're close to people you're friends with you want to take in their experiences you want to know about them. That's why you spend your time with them. Mm. Um, but I just find any time anyone's got an experience, which is like nothing I can comprehend or nothing I can compare to, I want to hear it. I want to hear what you've got to say. So email us at unexplainableuk mail dot com. And to add to that, actually, yeah. uh, the interesting thing about these weird tales and what strikes me about weird tales and what I love about them is that. Something that you've never perceived before or never heard before. When you hear it, it's almost like it opens something in your brain mm-hmm. and like, like it expands your mind because before you didn't know any of that. You've never mm. had that experience and you've never thought about it. But now you have, that's food for thought. Yeah. And the more you get, the more food for thought it is. <laughs> name of the so you're kind of expanding, <laughs> you're expanding your it's mind. the third name for the episode. By listening to these stories. Yeah, it's amazing. Whether you believe them or not. It's just, yeah, it's, it's another still... thing to think about. Yeah, yeah. Your brain can 
there's always something for your brain to, to think about and yeah. a new a new experience this is why i love i love studying now so i, I know I, a few years ago i remember talking to you about because none of us went to university no and none of us have really studied anything like you guys have studied your career you've like you've gained knowledge by getting good at that but none of us have gone to university i'm now at the age where i love it i love researching stuff i love studying because i find that i get to a point where my mind is like at a peak and then i read something different and it just gives me more stuff to think about but um two more things for you to think about right okay they're not as intense as the witch doctor stuff right but they're still something to think about yeah so this um so uh, as i said um a lot of what we did in mozambique was was just like studying so it was it was looking at the Bible, um, and what it said about the poor and how what we should do, and um, and it was they they basically there was a big tent, and behind the tent was they parked some of their lorries. So they had lorries so that they could export stuff everywhere, you know, um, and they had they even had a plane so they could fly to different parts of Mozambique. So they would have these trucks to transport fuel and all sorts of stuff. So we're not talking like huge 18-wheeler lorries, but we are talking, you know, reasonably sized lorries that are probably probably like a 7.5 tonner, something like that, a big lorry. Um, and there was just kids, all day long there's just kids running around doing stuff, just like playing, messing around, like sometimes they would come and play with you or want to kick a football around or something. Um, and, and we just noticed there was this one little girl and she was playing in the sand behind us in the tent. Every now and then we kept turning around and just, you know, just as you do, just like looking around. And we heard this weird creaking. And we, we turned around and just managed to glance that the, the truck was falling over towards this little girl. And as, as you do, all of us started to rush over. It was like, a, like that was fear. All of us yeah. were just like... Man, I can't believe you we're don't just want, about to witness. You don't witness. want to witness that. I'm like, oh, no, 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 I don't. And you just like, part of it is obviously for the little girl, but part of it is also like a selfish, I don't want that to be a scar in my mind forever. That'd be horrible. Before we got there, the truck stopped falling. It was on a flat ground, and it must have got to a like a, a 45 degree angle on its two wheels, and it just stopped. And went back, or just stopped? Just stopped. Just stopped dead in its tracks. So we then walked around because we're thinking, oh, someone like gone and like, people gone and grabbed it, like held onto it. Like that would have to still be a lot of people to <laughs> hold it. A strong man, it's yeah, <laughs> on the other side of it. Yeah, the witch doctor's coming along and not like, using his powers there. <laughs> and we walked around. There was nothing. There was nothing there. There was there was no one around. There was no like the law of physics told me that 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 truck should have fallen over and killed that little girl. Mm. But it just stopped. Did it eventually? Um, we come, then, when we got back? when we got to it, um, by that time, there was probably about fifty people there, and so we we got it back on four four wheels. But it was kind of like uh, people were so shocked by what they saw. People did it really slowly, if that makes sense. Like mm. it was a case of people walked up. And I guess it is a bit like when you see magic in the street. You, your eyes aren't really believing what you're seeing, so you work slowly. Mm. I know that sounds really weird. And your so, brain's ticking it together. 
Yeah, and trying to, and again, like I said with the witch doctor, I was walking away, I was trying to piece stuff together, I was trying to be logical and think, well, what? But the more I thought about it, and the more we all looked at it, that that was telling me that truck should have fallen over. Mm. So I think about it. I mm. find you get a few stories like this where it's like an unseen, like forces not acting in the way forces should. Mm. It changes your perception on the way forces work. Like, oh, there's a harder than fast concrete reality to the way gravity works and, mm. you know, this force works and relativity and et cetera, et cetera. But then when there's anything goes against them, you're like, what happened to them rules? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, you, you can't compute. Mm. Well, the theories of gravity and all that don't take into account the time... Uh, that they only take into account the time is linear, which is a belief in itself that isn't proven. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the calculations don't take into account that the same thing would happen on you know, two o'clock on a Tuesday or this and that. It's like it doesn't really work. Mm. So time in a sense is a This is making me anticipate doing like we said, um form. The way we've attacked um, the topic of religion and spirituality and stuff this week in the future attacking science as a topic in exactly the same way like mm-hmm. scientific stories but as a belief yeah rather than as a fact yeah because it is a belief how can anything be proven yeah, yeah it's a belief in the same way you listed the way the reasons which you would believe something at the beginning of the yeah. episode the same can be applied to science. Mm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the same way that you think that something falling off your desk, oh, that's that's science, is the same way that Beef believes that, you know, the demon coming out, that's, they're move. both the same, uh, on the same level. Does that make sense? Mm. And for, I feel like in modern society, people don't view it as a modern, le- as, as a, a level surface. They see it as science is... Superior. Yeah, superior. Mm. And that's coming from an agnostic. Yeah. Uh, you want to correcting not, me from earlier? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Biased. That sounds like the start of a joke. It's Christian just... agnostic and an atheist walked into a bar. <laughs> Christian <laughs> agnostic and an atheist start a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that is a joke. Um, so I know again. I know like you shared a lot of stories last week that didn't really prompt a lot of discussion. It was just like, oh, that's, yeah, that's it's odd. just a yeah, exactly. So I've got one more. Okay, which in my eyes. Um, and and from remembering experiencing it, felt like a miracle. Right. I want to talk about miracles. I was That's about, literally about thing. to say to you, I want you to. In the future, there's two topics I definitely want you to do shows on. Okay. Miracles. Yeah. Possession. Yeah, I'm gonna cover both those things. I want both of them shows. I'll do. I'll probably do miracles next. Okay. But this for me is just like a little taster of something I've witnessed. Um, so every, every day they had people that they had children that, that were orphaned and lived on the compound or they were still living with their grandparents, but their grandparents were so old they couldn't really take care of them and they had to take care of their own health first. Mm-hmm. So they, they had children who were on the compound and lived there, but every day they had hundreds of children that would come from outside the compound and just come and get fed. So they did like one meal a day and they come and give them 
um, just like either like a fish stew or like beans or whatever it was, whatever it was we were having that day. They would then make another batch, but they never knew how many people would come. So some days you'd get 50 children, other days you could get 300. It just depended on, you know, you can't, there was no way of keeping track of it basically. But they would make as much food as they could, as much food as they had provision for, and just like, just give that to as many people as you can. So they would come in often with their brothers or sisters, or they'd come in with plastic bags to try and fill them up to take back to their parents. But one day we was, uh, and we'd stand on the back of one of these trucks that I mentioned in the last story, uh, with massive pots and just spoons, and you'd just come and just ladle it into mm. either their hands or bags, or like they'd come with a bowl, or some of them would just like, stretch out their t-shirts and just like, any way they could eat. Right. So it's like obviously quite an overwhelming experience in itself that you're like, I did it a couple of times and both times I got tearful. Yeah, that's like, that's not unexplainable. No. But that's still something like I can't even imagine witnessing. No, it was, it was horrendous, but they weren't, they weren't massively, I've seen Marinorish be like, that's horrendous, but these were people, they looked, they were in good shape, but you're still thinking, this isn't the way. Your, your existence is that, like, I've come from thousands of miles on a plane, like, this is just, that's another discussion. Anyway, on this one particular day, we, we, we knew we were quite low on food. And it was a case where we were, like, we're just going to have to hope that it goes somewhere and we can do something with this food. Uh, so we were ladling it out. And, and at first, I was looking at the amount in the pot and I was thinking, actually, I was looking at the kids that were there. I was thinking, that, that looks like that will cover it. I was, thinking, I was feeling quite confident. But as I was serving, more and more people just kept walking in. I was, I was like, this is this is now getting a bit worrying, and I was worried for my again quite selfishly. I was worried for myself, thinking, am I going to have to like try and turn people away because that's going to be horrible. How do I tell them? Like, what do I do? There's nothing there. So, um, just and again, this is just from my own beliefs, and I'm hoping you know this one, but there's the story of Jesus feeding the five thousand. Yeah, I know that one. Do you know that? One? Uh, I think so. Bread and fish. Yeah, it's quite. It's fairly well known. People will know about it. Um, so I just, I just prayed. And I guess that desperation of like, we need to feed these people. And I, I got really, I was tearful. I'm not ashamed to, it was like, it's a, it was a really tearful experience. And I just prayed. I was like, I don't even know how to pray for this, but there needs to be enough food. It wasn't even really a prayer. I'm just like, there has, there has to be. And it got to the point where I had to tilt the, the pan forward so that I could scrape stuff out. And I'm just like putting it and putting it. And eventually, I, as I'm looking, and obviously like the sauce that was on the spoon, like you could see the level of the food that it was going in to get more food out. That it was going further and further up the spoon the more I plunged it in. And it got to the point where I had to put the pot back down flat on the back of the flatbed of the lorry to serve the food again. These kids kept coming in, and we were able to keep, to keep feeding them. And it got to the point where we, we had more left over at the end and we were able to feed. They reckon they counted about 250 kids that would come in. Wow. Wow. Really that. Interesting. <laughs> like, like any story you could tell, I could say what I think of that. This was a interesting. It is interesting. interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Like I say, it's 
that's that you know that's it just brought me to that that story of Jesus feeding five thousand because that's kind of in my head at the time I was thinking we have to have were enough. you were you thinking of that at the time it was happening were yeah you like oh, that's like that story yeah on, <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous but I was it was a case of I was like well yeah it just yeah it brought it yeah and I guess that desperation and I was kind of I was emotional and I guess it just drove me to just. Yeah, I was praying. I was like, man, that needs to be enough. Yeah. But just something for you to think about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going like, to say something, and then I was like, I've got nothing to say. Um, yeah. It's something to think about. Like you say, like every time you hear something opens another door in your head, and you're thinking yeah. about something else. Yeah, yeah. But it's now, it's now brings me to, and I'll start to close my section before we, before we wrap up the pod in a moment. But I just, I just want to say to anyone listening, because I mean, there must be people out there that have experienced what they would call like a miracle in their own lives, mm. and I'm sure there's stuff out there. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not. I've, I've read stories on the internet of people say, "Oh, this must have been a miracle. Or this crazy stuff happened." So I just, I wanted to share that because I thought that might, like, in my head, and when it was happening, and when I came home, I felt really alone. I was like, I've not spoken to anyone else that's ever experienced that. So I'm interested to see if you guys, have, if anyone out there has got any kind of story of any miracles. Again, they're all unexplainable stuff. Um, that's a good point, actually. We're if I just say what our next each of ours next upcoming show is. So any story you've got, brilliant. Um, but specifically, miracles for Beast next show. If you've got any of them, um, anything involving strange uh, broadcasts. Um, involving like number stations, uh, anything al- along the like for Tissa's next show. And um, for me, I'm thinking my next episode is going to be about haunted houses and people who have lived in houses which they deem to be haunted. So as you can see, we cover a range of topics on this show. Um, but any of those stories, fantastic to hear. I've had a few haunted house stories already and I'm going to try and get some people to Skype into the show to talk about that. But any of those stories and any story... In general, unexplainableuk at mail dot com, and um, we'd love to hear from you. Really appreciate that. Thanks. Definitely. Yes. Okay. Um, do you want me to go into ghost story of the week then? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> ghost story of the week. <laughs> Thanks, Tess. That was really nice. Really tuneful. Shall I? Um, I didn't know if that little um. Jingle. tune I did last week was too ridiculous for the podcast. No, I loved it. You want me to lay it in again? Yeah. I hope people take it in the spirit. We're not mocking anything. It's just um, it's we're, jingle, we're just trying to be light-hearted about these things because some oh, of it's, it's pretty prefer. dour. Um, now, the story I'm going to tell this week for... Ghost the story I've got this week um, is... I, I guess it's sort of a ghost story. Um, but it also is... Uh, delves into another topic which I have a few other stories about which I'll I'll get into in a couple of weeks. So someone uh, gave me this story on Reddit and it's not actually about them, not something they experienced themselves uh, but they know the people involved and known their entire life and they've relayed this story to them um, and I'm not using real names in this. Okay? Mm-hmm. So these events took place in the early 90s um, when everyone was around their mid-20s. My cousin R and her best friend D um, have been friends since they were toddlers. I'm a few years older than both of them. 
They both grew up and got married and wound up buying houses across the street from each other after they married and had kids. Now Dee's little brother didn't get along with his stepdad, so he lived with Dee and her family until he went to college a few towns over. Dee's brother had a really ugly red and green checked couch in his room, and Dee decided to get rid of it, so he asked Ara if she wanted it. Ara said yes, and they had the husband's tote it across the street and set it in the garage, as Ara planned to reupholster it, and there it sat for a few weeks. Ara worked second shift and came in one night to find Dee's little brother asleep on the couch. She really thought nothing about it, went inside and went up to bed. Upon getting up, the brother was gone. She later decided to go to Dee's for coffee and to tease the brother for sleeping in her garage. They had no sooner sat down for coffee when the phone rang. It was Dee's mother calling to tell her that the brother had been run down and killed by a drunk driver on his way home from class the night before. Wow. Um, I've got to be honest, I didn't really... I don't really follow that that well. Basically, um, they had the couch and the person, the younger brother used to sometimes crash on the couch. And when they took the couch over to the friend's house, which was just across the street, he went into their garage to sleep on the couch. Okay, right. And then when they got back from work, they oh. saw him asleep on the couch, right, yeah. thought nothing of it, went to bed, woke up in the morning, he'd gone, and then they were going to go around to be like, why did you sleep in my garage last night? But apparently he got run over oh, and killed right. the night before. Hmm. Wow, I really like. This is not really a ghost story as such, but it kind of is. Yeah. Um, run down by a drunk driver. He's run down by a drunk driver. Oh, that's really horrible. Yeah, and I had a couple of stories in a similar vein where it involves like seeing a loved one, or someone you're close to, the night of their death, before, well, after they died. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know what I would do. In my head, if it was someone close to me who died, I would rather not see them. I know that sounds really weird. I can't imagine. Like, because you, you know if someone's there, you just casually, like like she said, you casually saw him asleep there and thought nothing of it while he's asleep on the couch. When you hear the next day that he'd already died by that time, how do you even compute? She came home and saw the body, like him asleep on the couch, but he was already dead. He was knocked down the night before. Mm-hmm. That's really horrible. I feel really, feel really horrible for the, whoever that was that happened to. That's really, that was a really horrible thing to go through. Um, see that one's. I was going to hold that back because I was going to do an episode about premonitions. Ah right. Right, but that's not really a premonition because it's like they didn't see it before it happened. They it happened and then they saw. Apparently, him afterwards. Mm. Um, but I've had a few stories where it's like they'll witness something and then it will happen, or they'll witness speaking to someone and then they'll die later that night and it wasn't even them, sort of thing. Um, so I was gonna, I was gonna hold that back for a premonitions episode, but it's not really a premonition, so I thought mm-hmm. I'd let it in here. But it's an interesting story nonetheless. Mm. Um, now on the blog this week, because these are personal stories from Beef, don't really have any pictures around the web I can <laughs> show you, unless I find a crazy picture of a witch doctor. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will put up uh, any recommendations we have. So the book that Beef read from the beginning, I'll post that on the blog. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that we spoke about? The What I will do is I can send you the links for the where I was, the orphanage. Okay. 
and maybe a link to their websites. So okay. You can see a bit about yeah, put it off on the blog. Anything? No, that's okay. Um, I recommended the Parallel World documentary last week, and that is up on the blog. Um, this week I read uh, an interesting book. This is unrelated to anything we said, but um, if you like spooky stories, ghost stories, um, and things like that, a really good book uh, by Emily Carroll called Through the Woods, um, which is just it's a short collection of um, it's a graphic novel with a short collection of spooky stories she wrote. So if you're interested in ghosts and stuff, these are some good ghosty tales. I'm always recommend cool stuff about the unexplained and I'll put that on the blog so that's my recommendation of the week um, so the blog is um, findable at weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.blogspot.com um, next week is going to be talking about number stations and weird broadcasts I'm yeah. so excited I'm looking forward to that I've always had a fondness for number stations yeah and I'm um, looking forward to seeing what else you can dig up and we've had a few people contact us with help and some interesting links regarding that so thanks to them as well I would especially like to now I know we get American listeners we love you guys um, the conspiracy theories have always interested me and it's the similar thing for me like I don't really believe them but they really intrigue me that people come up with them or that they 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 invest their lives into seeking to get that truth out yeah. and I find that like when you shared the story of the guy who said that 9-11 didn't happen yeah well there's loads of stories about 9-11 didn't happen um, there's loads of conspiracy theories anyway like the, the government administered AIDS the AIDS virus that's commonly believed when you say it didn't happen what it literally didn't happen yeah there's a guy who genuinely said 9-11 didn't happen but um, the buildings aren't there anymore. No, but uh, do you mean the common one, which is like the the planes were uh, actually missiles? No, no. He said it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Okay. Like I don't know how he's claiming it. Like no, it never happened. He's got. And a you can literally just point him at a TV. Like look at that. And he's like, no, it didn't happen. You take him to Ground Zero and be like, yeah, yeah. These buildings aren't here anymore. These buildings very fast got taken down. There's too many great conspiracy theories to not, in the future, do an episode on conspiracy theories. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's not like I don't really... Like, that one is a bit ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them, I listen and think, okay, I can see that. I don't buy it completely. But when people share their views on it, there's there's a lot of people... I, I, I think we should do... I think we should do episodes on Bigfoot. Oh yeah, I definitely want to do ones. Um, I'll do an episode on cryptozoological sightings of any kind, any strange creature, the Jersey Devil, Chupacabra, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, all them ones. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't believe in it, but um, what did I say last week? Um, I don't believe it, but I can't explain it. That's what I said. Quote, Bob Shorey, <laughs> at Bob Shorey Twitter. Awesome. So, are we done? I think we're done. Sorry. Until next time. Stay on the light side. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.